Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Purdy back, time, pumps, now going to throw for the year. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Cofield and Company, Silver 7s on a Thursday. It's our Thursday home. Thursday night football coming up in just a little bit. A lot of uh, injury news and notes, updates we need over the course of the next couple hours to really get you set up for the game. Right before Thursday Night Football, we'll do a uh, betting bowl preview, and we'll get a lean or a like on the game tonight. A big one, Niners and Seattle. Special co-host today, the company is Caleb Herring, former UNLV quarterback and one of the voices of the Rebels on radio, host of the UNLV Coaches Show. So, you know, a lot of times, Caleb, when I put together the rundown, some of it is put together the night before because... I want to hit some topics that we haven't hit, and there's stuff that just carries over and carries over and carries over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so waking up this morning, um, I looked at the rundown and just shaded the whole thing, select all, delete. <laughs> like, what the frig just happened? What? <laughs> the, the overnight news? <laughs> yeah. The overnight news is, or uh, the, the news of the last three days is irrelevant in a lot of ways because, well... You know, a lot of you UNLV fans and UNLV onlookers, many of you detractors, have said, hey, UNLV is not jumping in feet first and going for it in their major sports, men's basketball and football. I guess this could be described as what you wanted because on the heels of hiring Barry Odom, former Missouri coach, former D.C. at Arkansas, former linebacker at Mizzou, He has now decided to name the very controversial, highly debated Bobby Petrino as his offensive mind. Now, keep in mind, Barry Odom is a defensive guy, so whoever gets the offensive job, you would think, is going to have a lot to say with that unit, like some autonomy. But, yes, that Bobby Petrino, if you don't know about him, will tell his story probably over the course of the next couple of weeks, but certainly some of it today. Very interesting hire, and I got to say, for the first time in a long time, UNLV has courted some controversy here, and I, I think they've stayed away for, uh, from it for the most part for like 25 years. Yeah. Oh, they, they went in. They went in feet first with this guy. Yeah, and it, it's like a, a, natural, a national reaction. I, I was watching ESPN this morning. And UNLV made the ticker. And that doesn't happen a lot. Like, it's like, you know, when you're talking about UNLV making the news and this hire was such a big hire, you could call it controversial uh, or, you know, that there's some risk definitely involved with the the history there with Bobby Petrino. But the fact that it was on the ticker and it's being talked about and discussed uh, that widespread uh, is, is somewhere that UNLV hasn't been in a long time as far as making splashes with their hires. And that's for sure what this has been so far is making a splash. So one thing, the staff has gotten a lot more Southern. Like there's a lot more of a Southern influence with the SEC background and just coming from Arkansas State with Bobby Petrino. Uh, the, the South is is making its mark here in UNLV. And how, how that's going to impact things on the field, X's and O's wise, yet to be determined. We'll see. But the breadth of experience, the, the, the length of time, 
that Bobby Petrino has been around football. The type of names that he's coached, where he's coached, the successes he's had, et cetera, et cetera, the reputation he has as an offensive mind speak for themselves, so to speak. And it's an aggressive hire. And this is, like you said, it's getting UNLV to the point where the administration, the program is looking to do what it takes. Sometimes it takes making risky hires or quote-unquote questionable hires in order to get the produ- production that you want on the field. And that's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody else has been doing it across the country. It just hasn't been something that UNLV has been willing to venture off into. Here we go. Are, are we going to get the results now based on these, these first couple of hires? Are we going to get the results that come along with these risks? It's high risk, high reward. Let's see what happens. So we'll get to the offensive mind that Petrino is and the success he's had over the years and the quarterbacks he's worked with. But that's, that's not really the story right now. We'll do that in the 3 o'clock hour. The story is UNLV has elected to bring in a guy who has been connected to controversy repeatedly throughout his career, and especially as an older person. Now, who knows what was going on when he was younger, but as an older person. Which is interesting because you know that Rebel fans, and again, UNLV fans and onlookers, have been thirsty for Rick Pitino on the basketball side for 20 years. Yeah. And Pitino and Patrino have a connection going to Louisville. It's like, hey, let's see from a career standpoint who can outduel each other away from the court, off the field. It's been messy. Uh, Patrino also had – now, if you don't know what happened with Bobby Petrino at, at Arkansas, uh, he had a relationship with a young woman, staffer at the school, um, it all came out when he got into a motorcycle accident. Now, there's the classic picture of him in a neck brace and looking beat to hell, and it was extremely embarrassing. And um, I'm sure at the time, well, I don't know if I said it. I would hope I was wise enough and cynical enough to say, hey, this guy is, is done coaching because no one is done coaching. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it was highly, highly embarrassing. That came on the heels of a stint with the Atlanta Falcons that didn't even last a year, and players just crushed him. So he's, he's got a rep. Now he's 61 years old, so people can change. People will get in big-time college football a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, a fifth chance. They, if you're good, you will keep getting chances. So I'm going to ask you as a true UNLV guy. I work around the program. Mm-hmm. I'm not a UNLV guy. I consider myself a Vegas guy. A true UNLV guy. Just your thoughts on bringing in folks who are risky have had some character issues, and then going, you know what, coach football and mentor these kids. It is, it is a, a tough, because um, I'm also going to throw in that I'm a father now, so this is the, that dynamic for me comes into play a little bit too when you're talking about these kind of things, uh, and it's the young men, developing young men part. Um, I, I, for one, though, as a UNOV fan, have understood for a long time that it's bigger than X's and O's at UNLV, and there's so much more to it. And I, I think uh, what you can teach somebody from a football standpoint only goes so far, and, and there's a certain amount of respect and reputation that people have to have in between the lines. Your, your football acumen, uh, when you're talking about coaching a football team, should travel the farthest. It should mean the most out of all things. And you said it, that if you're good at it, you get multiple chances. And this may be a weird way to look at it, but the fact that he's gotten so many chances, and I'm talking about Petrino here, the fact that he's gotten so many chances kind of lends it to say, well, he's good at what he does. If nothing else you can say about him, he's good at coaching football. The other things, the culture things, the off-the-field aspect, of, there's a vetting process that I trust that 
this president of the university and this athletic director have made sure they've turned over as many stones as they can to check the boxes going forward of what they want their staff to reflect from a morality or off-the-field standpoint. So I, I completely trust that right now with this administration. Um, but I, I think when you want to weigh what it takes to win and who it takes in the building to get wins, I think you make these hires that are risky, and you have to be willing to roll the dice to some degree, right? There's, there's some things that are just absurd, and I think the time, uh, the separation of time between these incidents or these off-the-field uh, issues, I guess, has a lot to do with it. People mature, people change. Even in old age, people learn new lessons, especially these days when everybody's learning new lessons. Um, and I think there's some time in between where you can see sort of a redemptive story unfold where maybe things that we aren't privy to until we get to know the new coaches have, have changed and shown progression as far as off-the-field character stuff. But I think as a fan of UNLV, as an alumni, I'm at the point now where I'm sick of almost being good enough and I want to do the things that are necessary to be good enough and to win. And I look at this hire as a signal, at least, that the administration is in that mode where it's like, hey, we understand there's a pass. We're confident we can work with that and win. And that's, that's ultimately what's going to happen, if, and people will forget about everything else. If you start winning and there's production between the lines, in this industry, in college football and sports in general, when you start to win, a lot of the stuff that was an issue before kind of goes away because you're winning and things are going good. Bobby Petrino, the new offensive coordinator for the UNLV Rebels. Lots of coverage today and uh, over the next couple of weeks, I'm sure, and then when we get access. So a bold hire by Barry Odom, the new uh, head coach, by Eric Harper, the athletic director, and so many angles to get to uh, on a, a risky hire. You know, this guy teaching kids, will he recruit? Uh, will this keep offensive players or push them away from UNLV? What will parents think? Is this the beginning of a new era? of UNLV actually embracing what a lot of people believe the Vegas image is, second and third chances, and all the trash talk today and jokes about Vegas and Petrino being a perfect match. So a lot coming up. Cofield and company up next. We talk to an SEC expert, one of the national hosts for ESPN Radio, who can fill us in on his opinion of Petrino and Braden Gall. 777 gets you two hot dogs, two bags of chips, and a 22-ounce Bud, Bud Light, or Michelob Ultra Draft on NFL and Golden Knights game days at the Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7's, it's Cofield and Company. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh or the fields we go Laughing all the way. Bells on Bob ring. What a day, what a day. A holiday treat, a holiday gift. Something uh, very interesting to talk about. UNLV football makes a big splash. We'll find out if it's a risky splash moving forward. Certainly getting attention around the country. And Bobby Petrino is now the offensive coordinator, along with uh, head coach Barry Odom out of the SEC. Uh, we know that Petrino's got a background at Louisville. As well, and actually going back about 30 years to the Mountain West Conference. Caleb Herring, former UNLV quarterback, is here. It's Cofield. Let's lean on uh, some guys from the region who have real knowledge of Petrino in the past. A guy like uh, Braden Gall from 440 Sports and ESPN Radio National. Braden, how you doing? Doing well. Exciting times out there. Uh, yes. Um, I'm seeing the jokes about, you know, Petrino paired with Vegas. But just uh, right out of the gates, what was your reaction this morning when you saw him uh, move on from Missouri State and get back into uh, FBS ball in Vegas? 
It's funny. It's like, I don't know. You guys have a different perspective, of course, being there. Um, but, like, I don't think you can get in any more trouble in Vegas than you can in any other college, small college town in America. Like, I think you'd be in far worse trouble if he was in the same coach's meeting room as Jimbo Fisher, DJ Durkin, and Steve Adazio, which was also a possibility. Like, that's a yeah. crazy coaching room if I've ever seen one in my entire life. Like, for, for us content guys, that would be great. So, I don't, I, you know, like, that joke kind of doesn't, I mean, to me it falls a little flat. Like, he, he got in trouble in, like, Fayetteville. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, and I, I think he's a brilliant offensive mind. We've talked a lot about Mike Leach this week, obviously, and you know, the, the, the thing that you know, Mike Leach was special. He invented a basically the way we look at football today, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, it, all three levels of football. Mike Leach's influence is all over the entire game. But, but what the best coaches did after Leach was add a power rushing element to the air raid. And if you go back and look at some of those Bobby P offenses with like Michael Bush with like 25 rushing touchdowns and Brian Brom swinging it around for three grand, like they, they were a power football team along with. The, the throwing or throwing it around. So I think that people kind of get a misconception about his offenses. I just think he's a really excellent play caller in game, which I think is just an innate ability. Like you kind of either have that or you don't. Um, so I think it's a great move by Barry Odom, who's obviously got the defensive side locked down. You go get a guy that, that you know kind of is a proven commodity, and at that level, there's a lot of upward mobility in the Mountain West. So I, I think it's, if I'm in charge at UNLV, like I think it's passing grades, excellent grades across the board. Um, you know, Barry Odom's teams, they always were missing a little bit. And, and you know, he obviously is near, Missouri's near and dear to his heart. But, you know, last year's Arkansas team was really, really good on defense. It's the reason they won so many games. They had a bunch of injuries this year. The last year at Missouri, his defense was top 20 nationally. So, I, you know, it's, I think he's pretty good on that side of the ball. Uh, and, uh, and Bobby P's pretty good on the offensive side of the ball. So, I mean... For for a Mountain West team that we've sort of talked about, hey, this is a this is a program that should be one of the best programs in this conference. It feels like we've said that for like twenty five years. I you know I look around this league and I say why why wouldn't that tandem do pretty well? Braden Gall's with us, uh, national voice on ESPN Radio. Tell people about uh, four forty sports. Well, if you like, if you guys in, in Vegas are really interested in like uh, National Predators hockey and Tennessee Titans football, it's a it's a national based digital company. Uh, we're all podcasts, all YouTube, all digital, all the time. Uh, the SEC show is probably the only one that would resonate outside of Nashville. Um, and uh, it's it just it's a ton of fun to, to sort of take a medium where we get to explore and have very long conversations about things like Texas A&M's offensive coordinator situation where we can have, like, you know, 30-minute conversations about that stuff. I know it's a lot harder to do that on radio, and we get to do that on, in the digital world. So, um if you're, if you're ever in Nashville or if you care about Nashville content, the Tennessee Titans, the SEC, uh, any of that stuff, uh, we're, we're your location, so for sure. So let's go back to Petrino and you know the many character issues over the years. For you, what was most troubling? And now moving forward, do we feel confident, hey, he's got it together, he's not going to get in trouble? And, you know, most importantly, yeah. uh, the school and Barry Odom have taken a chance on the guy here. Will he be reliable? Because part of his character in the past has been – just kind of bailing, uh, sometimes beyond his control, but he's made a couple of decisions over the years to just say, you know what, I'm out of here. Well, it's funny, like, I mean, if Hugh Freeze can be a head coach and be, like, one of the most influential and important voices in the state of Alabama and in the southeast and the most high, one of the most highest-paid voices and people and leaders of a campus with a, like, known 
track record of behavior that he's got, I, I don't like. I don't know, like having an affair one time is not, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just don't think it's that big of a deal today. Like, it's, like the lying and the covering up and stuff, I think, was, was obviously a major, major issue. You can't hire someone into your, like, there's like there's some things that are illegal there about hiring practices, but, like, does anyone think that he's going to do that again? Like, I, I, I bet everything I own that it doesn't happen again. So I, I think there's a, a, a general, again, I haven't been around him in a long time. I sat down with him. Going into Lamar Jackson's final year, we had about an, a two-hour, three-hour stop in Louisville where we like sat down in summer camp with with uh, you know a bunch of the players and a bunch of the coaching staff, and you know like I think there there should be I would imagine a humility to his game at this point. If not, then he's just probably never going to change his stripes. But uh, you know, the guy who left the Falcons the way he did, the guy who went through the, the saga at Arkansas the way he did. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I would, I would imagine he's been humbled at this point. So, I, I haven't been around him, to be honest with you, um, in the last few years to, to speak to. You know, does, does a guy change? I, I like Hugh Freeze, for example. Again, I'm far more concerned about like the, the the what's going on at Auburn in terms of like just the national media whitewashing a guy's you know twenty twenty years plus of behavior that has not seemed to change. Like when he's reaching out to victims with, through direct messages of sexual assault, like that's that's that, that's a that's a big problem. And again, it's not criminal. He's not going to jail. I'm not suggesting he shouldn't have the job. I just think it's okay to be like, I don't think I would do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. if, if that's okay, I don't see why being an offensive coordinator at UNLV is a big deal, honestly. So, um, but again, it's all about. As my father taught me when I was like four years old, you break trust, you have to rebuild it, and the only way you can rebuild it is with behavior. So as long as it, as long as he's calling plays and doing his job, I don't see, see the big deal, honestly. There, there is something to that, and building the trust is probably you know one of the areas that I'm concerned with as far as what he's going to be able to do from a recruiting standpoint. And UNLV has players in the transfer portal already. They're going to have to do some roster rebuilding. At his age, and this is, you know, not necessarily an ageist comment, but just saying that the length of his coaching career spans back decades, is he still relevant enough a name, in your opinion, to land recruits in this new era with the transfer portal, NIL, and all those things? Is is it possible that that could be a factor in his success at this level with UNLV? I mean, I think the results will speak volumes, right? Like, if you're putting up big numbers and you're winning games, like, that's, that's what matters. You know, if players are being developed, if players are, are getting a chance to compete, to, to maybe get to the next level, if players are making a little cash on NIL, like, it's all about sort of results-oriented business here. I, I mean, like, Mac Brown, like, went, was off off the recruiting trail for 10 years. He, he took took the North Carolina job. I can't remember how old he was, but he was, I think he's, he's pretty old at the time. And I, I remember talking to him just saying, it, it hasn't, I mean, the game is totally different today than when you left Texas. Why are you still? Why are you going to be able to recruit? And and he's like, it's all about communication. It's about talking to people. It's about you know keeping your word when it comes to you know parents and scheme and roles and all these things you're going to do. And so I think again, it's all about if you say you're going to do something, just do what you're going to say. And if you do it and and they put up numbers, I, I think the results will speak for themselves. Um, I, I don't think and it's funny. You know, you kind of you're concerned about being ageist or whatever. I always think it's funny. Like I. Again, not to, not, I'm not talking politics here, but we've got a president who's very old. And I'm like, isn't isn't like experience and wisdom like an important thing to have when you're the president <laughs> of the United States? Like, I feel like it's okay to have to say that you know experience and wisdom 
and and learning from your mistakes is like a, a valuable asset sometimes. And I think again, as long as you've learned from it and you don't make the same mistakes again, I think I think Bobby P should torch some people in that conference, and that's a pretty big selling point to me, especially if you're not the head dog. Where and this is the biggest problem with college football, college basketball, college athletics, like. When you are the ultimate, you have absolute power in a community, that is when things go wrong. And, and that's not a Bobby Petrino thing. That's a college football thing. That's, that's Art Bryles. That's Joe Paterno. That's Urban Meyer. That's you Freeze. Like when, when you are given complete control of all information in a community, that's when you can get in trouble and, and you can kind of blur the lines of, of, of what you're trying to accomplish and priorities. And, and he's not the head coach. So, I, again, I... I, I understand the apprehension. I think that's totally valid. I think if you feel like you should want to question this, I think that's totally valid. If there's UNLV people out there that aren't proud of this, totally valid. Um, uh, let's talk when, when they hang 57 on somebody a couple of week, couple of Saturday nights in a row, and, and we'll see. All right, you still feel that way, or are you good with the 60-burger they, they put on uh, New Mexico this weekend? You know? yeah, there's some apprehension, but there's just as many people who are fired up because it signals that UNLV is willing to walk that line on the edge, um, almost sort of embracing what Vegas has been, and I think they've been afraid to do that for 30 years since all the Tark stuff. Yeah. So this is yeah. a new era. you got a relatively new president, a new AD. The AD wanted his people in there. Um, you know, I didn't get a chance to talk to him. We're talking to Braden Gall, who's great on college football, especially uh, Southern football, SEC, knows Louisville well. What did you think of the thing that started this whole deal, uh, the hiring of Barry Odom? Listen, I think, again, a lot of injuries this year, but I think a lot of Sam Pittman's success at Arkansas, you could trace to, to the job Barry Odom did on that side of the ball, in particular two years ago. I, I think he's a pretty sound defensive coach. Uh, I, I think you could do a lot worse in, in a guy. And, and frankly, the, Missouri got better. Um, and then 2019, and they kind of have the, you know, it's, it's just a weird year. Defensively, they got better. But it, that, that team was 4-4 four and four in conference in the SEC, and it's, it's pretty stinking hard to be four and four at Missouri in the SEC. <laughs> so he did it twice. Um, I I was all, I always thought they moved a little quickly on that, um, just from an outsider's perspective, just because I think patience is the name of a game in a program like that. You, you need to invest and you need to display patience, and we're seeing that with with Mark Stoops. I think you know things are great right now for Shane Beamer in South Carolina, but like as soon as they aren't, I don't think you just you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater, I think you need to show patience and invest because I think programs like that are very difficult to win at. And so coaching matters a lot more at, I don't want to say a lower level, but at a G5 level, the coaching matters even more. And then you go down the level from that, the FCS, coaching is even more important. And go down, you know, high school coaching is even more important. Like the lower you go, the, the coaching is more important. And the higher you go, the players are more important. And so I think it's a... A nice landing spot. You could again. I think it's a good job for him. I think it's a good job with a guy with a plenty of experience. He knows how to run a program. Uh, does it mean that you're all of a sudden going to, you know, be winning the, the Mountain West every single year and, and and dominating some pretty established brands and programs? Who knows? Uh, but give it some time. Uh, to your point about leadership and, and new people in charge, invest and show some patience. Uh, I don't think it will take very long, especially with an established offense. And that you're going to be able to run out there every week, and a guy that really knows defense on that's running the ship. I think it's a, a two really good voices to have in charge of those two sides of the ball. You know, the rest of it is can you recruit? Can you manage NIL? Can you manage the portal? If you've got a great player and 
you know, Alabama offers him a huge, you know, whatever in the offseason after two great seasons of playing at UNLV. Can you keep a guy there? And that's, that's a problem that, that everybody's worried about right now yeah. in college football. So uh, I think it's a pretty good hire. I think, again, I think UNLV could have done way worse in both of those situations. Um, and, and, again, you mentioned sort of like taking the risk. Like, you just got to own it. If, if, if the Bobby Petrino thing doesn't work out, you just own it. And you just have to say, look, we took a shot. We took a risk. It didn't work. And, and if it costs somebody their job, you just got to sort of say, look, we, this is, you have to go into it eyes wide open, basically. And as long as you're doing that and you're honest with people, I think that's the problem with Auburn is that they're trying to, like, whitewash the entire story. The athletic director hasn't really talked much about it and answered questions. He kind of lied about the vetting process. Like, as long as you just say, like, look, we know there's some baggage here. It's a calculated risk, and we're taking this because we want to prioritize winning football. Uh, we understand X, Y, and Z, and if it, if it doesn't work, then it's my responsibility. Like you don't, people are pretty receptive to honesty. So uh, I think you just own it and say, "Look, this is what we think is best, and we're going for it." And if it works, the dividends will be huge. And if it doesn't work, well, you know, you, you got to own it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I couldn't I think believe it's pretty, it's pretty good news. Uh, Brayden, I couldn't believe watching the U Freeze press conference, and he kind of about eight questions in, someone asked him about his pass, and he kind of puffed out. Uh, his chest and got a little annoyed and then turned to the audience, which I hate when coaches do this, and they're like, well, we've all made mistakes. Bruh, you worry about your mistakes. Don't worry about mine. I'm not taking over freaking yeah. Auburn. And, you know, and so, but, you know, the other thing that fascinated, fascinated me about Auburn, Brian Harson was mentioned by some as a, you know, uh, that UNLV could be interested in him. What exactly happened with Harson? Was there some sort of affair, or was that a way to take him down at Auburn? I never really got clarity on that story. I mean, I listen. I what people do in their marriages is none of my business. Uh, that that seems pretty fabricated, from what I understand. Um, I, I, I will say this: there's no program in the country like Auburn. It is the most volatile in the country, and and nobody does college football like Auburn does. And when the boosters get their teeth into some red meat, it turns. It can it can go a million different directions, and you don't really have any clue what's real or what's not. Um, I mean, heck, Bobby Petrino knows all about plane gate at Auburn. <laughs> so uh, Auburn is just a crazy place, man. It's a weird place. It's a wonderful place. Like the city itself is such an awesome town. And it's a, if you never get a chance to go, I mean, you've got to try it. It's just a, 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 an awesome thing to be at on a Saturday in the fall. But it, it, it's just, again, like to your point, like I thought the Righteous Gemstones put on a heck of a performance that day during the, <laughs> during the yeah. press conference. So that was Billy exactly was what we school. called them on he the was shows. Up there slinging it. Yeah, you gemstone standing out there, like, come on, come on, bro. Uh, last one, I got about but a minute like, left. Again, but yeah. again, like, there's a difference. No one's saying like Hugh Freeze is criminal. Like, no one's suggesting he should go to prison or right. that he should be charged with some crime or whatever. Like, no one, no one's canceling Hugh Freeze. He's making nine million dollars a year. I'd love to get canceled that way. Right. I, I, I think what what we're discussing is there's a middle ground between being the most influential and highest paid leader on a on a campus full of women who are going to be subjected to some sorts of bizarro, weird, uh, assaulty-ish behavior because that's a thing that happens on every single campus in America, whether we want to admit it or not, and and for him to sort of not really take it seriously and to have this weird track record of 20 years of like going back to 99 in high school making 8th grade girls change their clothes in front of him with no witnesses. Like, it's just weird. It's not criminal. I'm not suggesting you should go to jail. I'm just saying, does he have to be the most influential and highest paid person in the city? I don't know. Like, we could have a discussion about that. Like, I thought Liberty was a pretty good spot for, for old Hugh to be at. Old baby Billy worked just fine at, at Liberty. So, 
I, I again, that's that's the conversation. It's not again. It's not canceling. It's not go to prison. It's not criminal behavior. It's just let's have a normal conversation about this and to be concerned about people's safety and 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 question someone's leadership who clearly has not been able to handle these situations well in his career. I, I think it's okay to make that that question and to ask that question and. Again, Bobby Petrino, for example, doesn't. I don't. I don't necessarily have that same question. There's, there's not. Those are. It's, a, it's all. It's kind of a different issue. It's more about honesty. It's more about transparency. It's more about. Are you gonna just? Are you gonna like you said, worried about leaving early or lying about this or like? It's more about honesty with Bobby Petrino to me, and that's that's far less about someone's safety. You know, I'm not worried about the people on campus because of Bobby Petrino. You know what I mean? Yep. Everyone check out 440 Sports, a really good venture. It's been around for a while now, kind of reinventing what we do. Braden Gall is the guy. Thank you so much. Uh, Good to hear from you. Glad you came on today, and have a happy holiday. Yeah, you you too, guys, for sure. There he is, Braden Gall. I like that guy. Yeah. I got to do radio with him uh, years ago at Sirius XM, and uh, I'd never done a show with him before, and, like, the first – couple of uh, blocks we did i'm like ooh, okay this guy he's yeah. really he's really good he really knows his football in the south and he kind of gave you a dose of reality there and didn't get on the uh, moral high horse i'm sure we're gonna have uh, some people who may do that with bobby petrino we'll continue this conversation we got xavier pope coming up in just a little bit caleb herring is in as a co-host today on cofield and company cofield and company is broadcasting live at twin peaks and henderson for monday night football join us every monday from 2 to 5 p.m I don't have any expectations on that. Dan's statement that he put out was that he was exploring that, and we will continue to work with him on that. Lawyer, host of Suit Up News, legal and cultural contributor Xavier Pope is live on Cofield and Company. I can't even deal with Raj and, and Snyder. I'm, I'm, I appreciate the sound coming back. I'm, I'm just not. I can't do it. I can't. I can't. I can't do it. Xavier Pope is with us. Cultural contributor to Cofield and Company, attorney out of Chicago, host of Suit Up News up on Twitter. It's Caleb Herring and Steve Cofield. Xavier, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. What's up? A lot. A lot. <laughs> we got we got one of these situations, and there's you know there's people all over sports who uh, have had character issues, flaws, high profile incidents in the past, and now we got one of them in our backyard as the UNLV football program hired Bobby Petrino, who's now 61 and he's had multiple coaching stints since um, his last issues at Arkansas. You know, you're not in Vegas, but I know you know of Bobby Petrino, and you know, he's been a kind of an unreliable guy at times and has, has had character issues. What do you think about giving him, you know, whatever this is, a fourth or fifth chance here at UNLV? Uh, it just shows the, the good old boys network. Um, if you think of the connection that Bobby Petrino has uh, to the coach, uh Jeff Brom, him working under Petrino at Western Kentucky and Louisville. Um, this just shows you what college football is all about. Um, it shows what coaching is all about. It's about connections and who you know. And, and names can be recycled at different programs, different conferences. Um, and this is a coach that has had numerous opportunities to show of character. Have, he has left every single place that he's been at. Um, uh, maybe had success initially, but um, have unceremoniously have left those positions. Um, where is the new talent in college football in a new college football landscape? Where are the younger coaches who don't have 
uh, in involvement with NCAA-related violations or um, stiffing um, teams and leaving them um, holding the bag. Where is that, Steve? You tell me. Caleb, does that bother you? Uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a hurdle, and I always you know, this may go like into a Rooney Rule kind of conversation where it is hard in certain industries to break through. I guess whatever glass ceiling exists with the status quo and recognition, and you hit it on the head. Relationships are a big part of it, uh, and who you know often is more important than what you know in a lot of these instances. I think there's plenty of brilliant football minds out there that are maybe deserving from an X and O standpoint, but the relationship aspect is is what gets the job done a lot of the time, but. Talking about those relationships, how far back uh, is too far back to those relationships being established, right? Especially when you're talking about uh, a person with maybe a checkered past behaviorally or off the field. How far back can you reach into a person's, uh, I guess, personal history to say, I have a good relationship with this person, bring them back? Is that the case? Because Pertino's been around for, it seems like, a, a few decades as far as football and coaching realm. There's relationships that he's benefiting from. Um, potentially, but how far back do you think is appropriate to look back into a person's, whether it's their, their off-field history and, and issues, or even the relationships that they built uh, during essentially what is a past life? Caleb, I think that's a great question, but I think it really depends on the type of behavior that that individual has engaged in. Um, I know we were talking about this coming on the heels of Hugh Freeze getting the Auburn job, um, and and some of the different things that have happened with him are and the discovery of them are very, very recent, um, where Petrinos might be a little bit off and a little bit further um, in the past. And so you might look at those situations and say, hey, these are two pretty, uh, pretty seedy guys, um, but they may, you may have to look at them from a different lens considering how far back some of those different things have happened with Petrino versus Hugh Freeze. Xavier Pope is up on Cofield and Company. Uh, very big news nationally with the NCAA, a very weak president, is out, got paid a lot of money, but seemed to do very little and kind of wimped out at the end. And Mark Emmert, the new president of the uh, NCAA, is the governor of Massachusetts? Yeah, I mean, he has a background in, in terms of legislation. I think the NCAA maybe wants to be able to influence, uh, maybe having control over paying athletes. And, and he is considered a moderate, considered to be maybe able to work uh, by powders and get um, so, some sort of things passed. Now, um, Mark Edelman, a really uh, solid contributor over the, at Forbes, really made a great point uh, in, in talking about, uh, you know, this happened in Major League Baseball in, in, in almost 100 years ago, um, attempting with uh, the, the league attempting to get a former president and former president Taft to be able to serve in that role and ultimately wound uh, with Judge Landis and in trying to impact um, legislation that way. Um, I, I think that um, you consider how the NCAA is set up. Is, is set up. They don't. That individual does not have as much power um, as professional sports. So Mark Emmer took a lot of lot of heat, but he didn't necessarily have any teeth in that position. Um, what will happen in terms of power of the commissioner of NCAA? Will that change in terms of the voting structure and how things get passed? So that he may have more power legislatively to make some things happen from the NCAA. That remains to be seen. Totally different direction on this one. Xavier Hope is with us. Um, you saw that Draymond Green got into another altercation, arguing with a fan on the baseline, back and forth, saying something about what pass, what pass, what pass. Eventually, he drops an N bomb. That's uh, you know clearly uh, audibly heard. Um, 
First of all, what do you think about his I, – I understand fans are jackasses. Some of them are jackasses, and I, I don't mind NBA players defending themselves. I just don't know that Draymond's in a position – anymore to be getting in altercations, especially since he eventually used the option of, hey, security, get him out of here. And then your thoughts on dropping the N-bomb where a lot of people in the audience can hear it. Yeah, I, I, I watched that in real time myself. Um, one is he, there was a reaction that was shown by, uh, by, by Steph Curry um, when he was told what the fans said, his eyes popped open. Um, and also – Maybe some of the things that Draymond thought that he felt physically threatened by it. Um, but on the flip side of that, he's talking about the N-word. Um, on the court in the NBA, um, that word is said all the time by a lot of the players. They're discouraged from it more now than they were in the past. But that's not something that's out of the ordinary to happen on the court um, with players. Um, just to happen to just catch a broadcast so people can potentially hear it, um, so people could hear it, I think that probably plays into that a little bit more and people know about that incident with Draymond Green um but you're always going to see something happening with him um he's always going to be grabbing some headlines for, for one reason or another but he doesn't deserve to have his safety threatened by any fan and any fan that threatens him should be tossed out of the area what, what kind of legal recourse is there I mean for for both sides of this right if, if Draymond's on the competitive landscape and he's getting heckled by some fan threatened presumably uh, verbally or otherwise, uh, does he have any recourse he can take towards that fan? And then on the flip side, does the fan now, in what could have been you know, a misinterpreted conversation, he's been thrown out of an arena, maybe even banned from the arena, does he have any legal recourse against the franchise to say, like, hey, I paid good money for those seats. I should have been yeah. able to enjoy the show. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Caleb. Uh, uh, on two, le- two levels, uh, that fan has to take a, a step beyond just making – certain threatening statements um, to show that they're physically able to carry that out um, in a criminal sense to really be something that's chargeable. Um, on a, a second level, um, a U.S. fan have a fan conduct. It comes with your ticket to come into the game um, to not go beyond a certain level of conduct or you are subject to be removed from the arena. Um, if there was an interpretation of that and it was a mistake by a Draymond Green, um, that action, and, and speaking of him interpreting that, um, doesn't meet the standard of some sort of defamation that would cause damage to that particular fan. Now, is it something that the fan potentially could act on and get a little money in a settlement? That remains to be seen, and that's something that maybe that fan may want to engage in. He's getting a lot of attention for it. He's going online for that now. I wouldn't doubt he took that objective as well. I like the, uh, the terminology of legal recourse. We use that all the time. I'm going to throw you one that's uh, kind of off the beaten path. It just hit me because I saw a conversation the other day. Todd McShay a draft analyst for ESPN, threw out that uh, he didn't take a player in a mock draft because he's heard the player has character issues. And then I saw someone tweet, hey, you can't do that without putting a name on it. Uh, Someone needs to go legally after Todd McShay. I I can't imagine that that can happen. There's there's, there's absolutely nothing there. (laughs) I can't even, it's not really not not much to really unpack other than he's not named a person, he's not talked about another person. That person, there is no subject matter at all um, to even be addressed. So there is no legal recourse because there's no one to be recourse from. Is there also is part of that being a public figure too? Uh, well, you well, the public figure aspect of it, you have to be able to take an action that takes a step further into malice. Um, and if there is no person that you're that no one even can identify, you're talking about where is where is where is the the object and the subject of that. But also, where is the intent to harm that person if you're not even naming a person in the first place? 
Right. Xavier Pope is with us. Uh, what's on Suit Up News? Uh, we're taking a break right now. We're coming, up, coming back in a couple of weeks at, at the end of the year for our year in review. Look forward to seeing that at Xavier Pope, E-X-A-V-I-R-P-O-P-E, or hashtag Suit Up News to see our year in review episode. If you can ever go an hour on Suit Up News, uh, kind of defeats the purpose of two minutes and 20 seconds. But, you know, Twitter blue and all that, it's well worth the money, right? Um, massive topic on Twitter you could do on a, a longer version of Suit Up News. I know you saw this because I saw your answer. The question on Twitter was, as a kid, what was your family's celebration dinner spot? Did you have some joints that your family went out to? Yeah, um, a lot of people were talking about what they thought were fan- places that they thought were fancy that really weren't here. Talking about right. Red Lobster and Pizza and Pizza yep. Hut, and I'm yeah, like, yo, yeah. I grew up in the south side of Chicago. We had Church's Chicken, Brown Chicken. They served that chicken in a giant pan <laughs> with white the bread. Castle. We would go. Whether it was graduations or or birthdays, we were going in there. It was twenty deep with balloons and cakes, and we we're enjoying our time there. Yeah, I saw I saw some people answer like. Black Angus, which is a, a pretty decent level steakhouse chain in the West, and I'm like, yeah, I don't think you got the question. <laughs> <laughs> Black Angus, yeah, I, I, that that that's uh, yeah, you have to be able to go a little bit lower than that. And it's, I, I think like if people are taking your order, I think that, I think that's still a little too too fancy Ooh. to say. Hey, yeah, I, 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 getting down, getting a, getting a number for your order, and sitting down. That's 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 the standard in terms of places like that. Did you have a place in the uh, Inland Empire, Caleb, that you thought was uh, fancy? That was a celebration dinner spot. I had two. So there's there's one for like really young. It was Shakey's Pizza, and I really enjoyed oh. going there. Yeah. And then there's the other. It was Hometown Buffet. I thought Hometown Buffet was the bee's knees when I was like I was like <laughs> we're we're eating good tonight with this lukewarm mac and cheese, baby. I, I loved it. It was the, That was like the two spots where, if, as a kid, if we went there after, I knew I balled out. You know, talking about the Pop Warner days, I was like, okay, we're going to Shakey's? I must have been balling this week. Right, Ooh, nice. Shakey's. He took it back there. Right, that's another good one. <laughs> Xavier Pope is with us. All right, we got to close on this one. Uh, we all watch TV. A uh, big fan of lots of different genres. I'm very excited. Is this real? You tweeted about MILF Manor? Wait, wait, what's going on here? What is this? It, it, it's a new reality show that's coming out, and uh, it's for women who are looking to date younger men. Uh, they are very attractive. I missed the preview. They looked really good uh, for any age, no matter what. Um, but there's a twist, and they don't tell you the twist there, but they show men's bodies from the neck down, and it's pretty obvious. These are probably the sons of the other MILF. Um, which is, is, I think Steve said he really wants to see this show. Oh, yeah. Um, he's going to be giving you updates every week here on ESPN Las Vegas. Wait, you're not going to? You're, you know you're going to be riveted to this. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to watch. Yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> All right, Xavier. Uh, hopefully you can join us next week right before Christmas. I hope that happens. Hey, you know, I'm, a, I'm around these here parts, so let me know. I, I'll, get, I, I'll jump on with y'all for the holidays. Do you have some holiday cheer? Thank you, Xavier. Love you. Love you guys. There he is, Peace. Xavier Pope. Attorney out of Chicago. Follow him at Xavier Pope up on Twitter. Three o'clock hours on the way. More on the hiring of Bobby Petrino as the O coordinator with UNLV football.